Hello and welcome to the Nurse Manager Podcast. This is your host, Laura Fratter-Cangeli, and in today's episode, we are doing our first book club episode discussing chapter one of the book by John C. Maxwell, Leadership 2.0, Developing the Leader in You. So I will open with a quote from John C. Maxwell, which is fitting for chapter one. People who are unwilling or unable to build solid, lasting relationships soon discover they are also unable to sustain lasting, effective leadership. So if you did buy the book and you read chapter one, um, that's great. And I would love to hear some of your feedback on what you've gained from this chapter. If you haven't gotten to read it yet, maybe hearing this podcast will spark your interest to want to read it. Um, Otherwise, just listen along and see what you can get from it. So chapter one is titled The Definition of Leadership. And he first opens up a little bit about talking about influence and about how everyone will influence someone and you will always influence people in your lives. No matter if you are a leader or not, Excuse me, I'm sorry about the sneeze in between. And you don't often know who you will influence in your life. I thought of the first nurse manager that I had, who she didn't know the impact she had on me by saying that she saw me as a leader. And it kind of um, jump-started me into thinking that, wow, okay, I could be a leader. She um, encouraged me to join a leadership council where there was a professor on there from the university for a master's in nursing program. clinical nurse leadership and that's kind of where I networked and started my path on leadership so just her little words really had a huge impact on me so it's just a reminder that you influence so many people and oftentimes you don't even know the influence you had so think about that and choose it to be a positive influence that you have on somebody next the author goes into that there are five stages of influence development. So you actually um, can work on your influence that you have on people. And this goes hand in hand with how you develop as a leader. Number one, he thinks like the baseline position of influence development as a leader is position. So basically, people have to follow you because of your title. You have a nurse manager title, a clinical nurse leader title, an assistant nurse manager title. You're their boss, so they have to follow you. That's kind of the baseline. That number Next level is permission. This stage revolves around the relationships you form. People start wanting to follow you because of the relationship that you built with them. The third step up and influence is production. When you start producing results, people start noticing that and they want to follow you because they see the impact that you had. The fourth one, people development. People want to follow you because you have taken the time out of your day to help develop them and you've shown interest in their self-development. And lastly, the fifth level, the author said, is a rare rare level to achieve many people don't think of like the real real leaders that we read about in our history books martin luther king those kind of leaders um 
they're well-known, publicly known, you know, inter- not only in, like, one internationally usually known, because they have gained that kind of respect, and people follow you because of who you are and what they know about you and what you represent. So that is something to strive for, but um, hard to obtain that in a lifetime. So now I'm going to kind of deep a little, now that you know the overview of the levels, I'm going to go a little deeper into each level and also explain how I find it to relate to me. So number one position, that's pretty obvious, I think, and we all start here. And um, even if I was thinking to myself, even when you start a new job or you take on a new unit and you have new staff of any kind, a different role, um, you're going back to one, even if you've made it up the chain, because you don't have any relationships yet. So your people are just know you by your title in the very beginning if you're starting over. So we can all kind of find ourselves back at that square one again. And that's kind of where I found myself when I took on a new position in quality where I'm still have direct reports. It's a leadership kind of a role in quality, performance improvement specialist, um, managing a team to get results. But I previously was in a manager position for over four years and I felt like I had gone to maybe around step three-ish to maybe three and four um, depending on I think the levels can kind of cross over to each other in my opinion and then I found myself back at square one not knowing anyone not knowing my team and having to build the relationships over again the same thing might happen to you if you are Basically, you could be a staff nurse and you are rosen up to be in a leadership position on the unit and you are kind of, you feel like people might be just following you because of your title, but that's okay because the next one that you want to strive for is permission, um, building relationships. So people start trusting and wanting to follow you because of the relationship you built with them. You want to also make relationships with not only your staff, but other leaders and coworkers in the organization. And how do you start building relationships? You need to get out there and around, um, meet with people, take the time to just have discussions and listen. Get to know some personal things about them, you know, and remember that. Remember that they said they had two kids or that they just sent their child to college and they're anxious about it. So you can ask them, you know, in a day or two or the following week, how's that going? How's your daughter doing in college? Um, they really appreciate that. And it shows a lack of like, a human, it shows a human connection that you're forming and interest in them as a person. I'm not talking relationships that you need to go out and form best friends with them, go out drinking. Actually, that's that, that's not a good idea because that blurs the lines and that crosses over to, to a danger zone um, that is not healthy. I'm talking about professional relationships, however, with a personal touch because you can't just be robotic at work and keep it so, so professional. You also need to relate to people, know what they like to do, their hobbies, if they have pets and what their career goals are and how you can help them get to those goals. You'll have to also keep up this 
level because relation you have to keep working at relationships and you'll often have new staff that roll in. I know that when I was in the nurse manager role on the unit, the amount of staff just shifted all the time between it was a med surge unit and people would stay for sometimes only a year or two and then I'd have new ones to come in and new people to gain a relationship with over and over and over again. So it's constant that you need to work on this and um, even if someone does leave in a year but they got to a place that propels them to their career path it might be frustrating for you but maybe you did have a positive influence on that person's life and their career if you try and think of it that way instead of being so frustrated about all the turnaround of course we do want to retain staff as well And some of these things that you work on might retain people longer than a year, at least get them for three years. But the reality is people do want to move on these days and they have agendas already other than the bedside um, in their careers. That's just often a reality. So the third one, production. Um, People follow you because of results that they've seen you do. Have, I should say. So this could be, you know, you could start very, very small scale. Don't set off this huge unachievable project. Don't set yourself up to fail by saying that you're going to change the whole entire staffing patterns. Start slow, see what, you know, an easy fix and get your staff's input because you don't want to waste all this time on trying to make a result that you think might be important and you never got input from your staff. Maybe they could care less and you spent all this time and it means nothing to them and it you know, it could backfire and it it doesn't gain you respect. They don't see it as production. Maybe they see it as another rule for them to follow or another thing, another phase that's just getting rolled out, another flavor of the week. So one just easy kind of example is maybe you have your daily morning huddles at 9 a.m. every morning and you just ask the staff, you know, as a new leader on the floor, or someone that's been there. So how is this 9 a.m. huddle working for everyone? And all of a sudden people are like, oh no, it's actually horrible. Storing, it's right in the med, med pass. I lose my train of thought. It actually could be a safety risk because I'm in the middle of giving pills and then I have to think about going to huddle and it interrupts my flow. So, whoa, you didn't know that. You were just trying to be considerate thinking it gave them time to start their day when in reality, maybe they'd rather have huddle first and then get into their work instead of being interrupted. But this is kind of like a general poll feedback from the staff that you want to get out there and hear. And that's an easy fix. So you try, you plan, do, study, act, which we could get into another episode about performance improvement, which I'm learning in my quality role, which is now trying a different time, seeing how it's working out, and adjust it if necessary. So if 7 a.m. still has some problems, maybe it's 7.15, etc. Just keep trying until you get kind of that sweet spot that works. And then the staff sees, wow, she heard us. She changed this process. And now it's, it's much better. And then they see that. They see your results. And that makes them want to continue following you and gain a different level of respect for you and actually work with you on maybe future endeavors. So that's three. Number four, people development. 
So then once you start already establishing relationships with your staff and you know where they want to go in their careers, that's when you can start trying to help them get there. Um, maybe they, trying to see what councils, let them know about different councils in the hospital that they can join and be a part of and actually encourage that and then have them challenge them to bring what they learned there back to the unit, have them set up their own boards and own a board. If they're on like a quality council, have them really own that and bring that back to the board and keep it updated. If they want to go back to school, you can show them the if your hospital offers tuition reimbursement of any sort. You can help guide them to the forms and you know talk talk it out. Maybe talk about your own experience with your master's if you have a master's degree. And kind of just really sound interested in where they want to go in life. Maybe they want to shadow in an ICU if they're starting to think that that's the direction they want to go. But you never want to discourage people from self-improving and development. And it simultaneously is so important for us to continue developing and self in order to help develop our staff. And if they want to learn something that you can't really offer, maybe you know someone else that can offer that and that that person that could support them in their endeavor or knows more about their goal than you do, and you could set them up with that. I think supporting a staff member also goes hand in hand with investing in others. So you want to meet frequently with your new orientees. I used to partner with my nurse educator and we met with them as on a weekly basis to touch base on how they're doing, um, how they're feeling, if they need any education, further education on anything, to really help them assimilate to the unit. So I think that is so important to help people develop, but you have to be also someone that likes to develop yourself. And if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously are that kind of person. Number five, respect, pinnacle of respect. You know, this is... The author says that this is a very difficult level to achieve that most people do not achieve. However, it is something to definitely strive for. You know, we should always be working for it, looking for ways to expand our growth, to network outside of ourselves, outside of our hospital, go to conferences, go to public speakers. Maybe you could be a public speaker one day, a keynote speaker. Maybe you are you have a plan to publish something in a journal. All these things kind of seep into this level without maybe you're formally there, but I think it touches on the level that he's t- the author is talking about. So basically, that's kind of the summary of chapter one and the five levels of influence in leadership. So I hope that you learned from this episode and that you want to try and apply them. I know that it will make me think a little bit more about how I could form even better relationships and how I can self-develop others and continue to grow and also see how I can make changes that um, attract people, like people notice the changes that you made um, as well as 
just being a good thing that you're working towards a positive change on the unit because there's always things in healthcare that need improvement. Uh, that's why I kind of fa- fell into quality role right now. So, but everything overlaps. So I, you know, still have so much respect for the actual nurse manager. And I might, you know, end up going back into that. Who knows? But I think that that's what's so great about nursing is you can dabble in so many different things. So to end, um, please leave comments on how you felt this episode went. And I would love to hear feedback because if you like the idea of book club episodes and also if you can write comments about things that you learned and I can share them on the next show because I don't want it to just be a one-way discussion about book club. I just recently started an Instagram page. It's very new, so there's not many postings on it, but it is lfrat1986, and this Instagram page will be for this podcast and nursing leadership, so it will be a spot where people can join, friend me and can start posting things about the book club episodes, any questions that they might have. So it's another area for you to, to post things. It's nothing fancy right now, believe me. I, I didn't get fancy with this. I really just started it up as a platform for you to be able to communicate with me and others and start a nursing leadership community. But that is pretty much it because I'm not very fancy with, you know, social media or anything like that. But I wanted another platform besides just the little areas where you could leave a comment or review after a podcast. I wanted another platform where we could have discussions, especially when we do these book club episodes. So thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful day. Take care.